Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Show. Coming up this week, we'll hear from Guernsey FC Chairman Mark Letissier on the challenges facing the Green Lions as the wait goes on to see when or even whether they'll be able to start their season. We'll also touch on yet more good news for Alex Scott and Mayor Letissier and round up the weekend action from the FNB Prio League. I'm Tony Kerr, alongside me is Rob Batiste. Hi. And Gareth the Prevo. Hi, Tony. Uh, good to see you guys. Let's start uh, with those two local stars then. We'll talk about them every week. Um, Mayor Letizia had her opening weekend of the season with Brighton and, and what a start it was for them. Uh, a win for them at the Amex Stadium, 2-0 against West Ham and a player of the match performance as well for Mayor too. Uh, and it came just a couple of days after she signed a new two-year contract. So a pretty decent weekend all round for her, Gareth. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't really ask for much more, I don't think, from an opening weekend. You get the win, you get a clean sheet, and you get player of the match. So I think May has got, she's now got a lot to live up to for the rest of the season, I think. But it's obviously a great start for Brighton. Um, and yeah, it's, um, it's great that she also got that new contract, like you say. Yeah, exciting times. And I mean, yeah, she just seems to be going from strength to strength uh, every week. So yeah, as you say, perfect start to the season for her. Uh, as for Alex Scott, he's been away with England under-19s. In fact, he's with uh, them right now. Um, Rob, another amazing opportunity for him. And, uh, and he got a bit of game time in their first or the first of two friendlies. Yeah, he got 75 minutes, I believe, at St George's Park against Italy. England won 2 nothing, and you look at the team sheet, see Alex Scott there, you know, very recently of St Martins and Guernsey FC playing alongside um, a host of Chelsea, Manchester City, Manchester United, um, very highly rated players. I noticed number nine who scored on the goal was Dane Scarlett from Spurs, who Jose Mourinho was tipping recently as being the next big thing. Um Shola Shortire from Manchester United, another striker. Um, and being a Chelsea fan, I've heard a lot about Jude Sunsop Bell um, as being an outstanding talent. And you see, you know, Alex playing alongside them. Fair play to him. And you're already hearing little snippets about Premiership clubs sniffing around and really be very impressed by him. So. Guernsey FC posted on Twitter the other day um, a, a, a clip of him coming on for his debut for the Green Lions only a couple of years ago. Uh, and I, obviously there was a lot of excitement about him then. And, you know, I, from talking to people at the time, it was like, well, you know, you know, watch out for Alex Scott. He could be a regular in the Guernsey FC lineup <laughs> by the end of the season. And then you think, here we go, two years later, he's... Uh, yeah, I just can't seem to put a foot wrong at the moment. Yeah, more power to his elbow. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Um, well, let's turn our attention to the domestic action now. Four games there were in the Premier League this weekend. Um, let's start with the game out west, Gareth. Sylvan's three, North three. Sounded like a cracker. It was a really entertaining game, Tony. I must admit, um, I thought uh, the first half, actually, there was quite a lot of quality in the first half. North played some very good stuff. And um, Sylvan's always looked a threat on the, on the counter-attack, basically. Um, I mean, North basically dominated the first 10 minutes and on 11 minutes, Sylvan took the lead. It was just one of those sort of games. Um, yeah, um, I must admit, I thought um, Carl Smith being back was such a big bonus for Sylvan's. He makes a huge difference to them. Typically, he was heavily involved in the first goal, um, which uh, you and Melrose scored on a, on a breakaway. Um, North deservedly got level very quickly. Um, uh, Joe Alvarez knocked in the rebound after... Um, after a header was saved at a corner. But then um, North still had the vast majority of possession first half. They were playing down the slope, away from the sort of pavilion up at St Peter's. And yet it was Sylvans who scored twice in the last sort of five minutes of the half to go in 3-1. And um, they were very clinical, fair play to them. Um, 
Louis Fowler scored a very firm header and then Smith got his sort of um, usual goal at the end of the, the half and you did wonder if North would sort of have the characters come back from those sort of two late blows in the first half but they they deservedly got something out of the game. They, um, Ryan Lamb um, scored with a free kick and then sort of with an hour to go or so, Ben AC, who impressed me out on the right from large uh, chunks of the game. He actually moved over to the left later on when um, young Owen Woolbridge came on. Um, he got the, the equaliser and then it could have been either side's game in the last sort of 10 minutes or so when North lost their captain, River Marsh, who... Um, just for a bit of for a short bit of swearing and near <laughs> halfway, he got the simbind. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Josh Addison made a, a couple of good saves late on just to make sure they did get their point. Actually, I thought Josh, um, he had he was very good in the second half in the sort of the sweeper keeper role because um, Silvans were looking for the, that that quick breakaway sort of over the top ball for Carl Smith to latch onto. Um, he wasn't given much of a chance to get onto anything because um, Addison was always quick off his line and sort of clearing from 20, 25 yards out. So um, he, he did well in that second half, Josh Addison. But it, it was a very entertaining game. Quality wasn't as much in the second half, but there was a lot more needle, which always keeps it interesting. Um, I think Kieran Mann settling. I thought Kieran Mann did very well. He, um, I'm perhaps a bit old-fashioned with this, but I actually like a left-footed player to be playing left midfield. Um, a lot of people go Makes for the, sense. Yeah, a lot of people go for the right-footed cutting-in shooting sort of thing these days. But um, uh, Ryan Lamb and Kieran Mann were playing sort of down the left wing in the first half. They caused a lot of problems down there for um, for Sylvans, and um, they whipped in some some very dangerous balls. Uh, actually, Sam Murray. Unlikely, un, unlike him, usually he, he missed a couple of good sort of headed chances, um, sort of almost met them too well and ended up going over the bar. But um, yeah, Kiraman did make quite a big difference to North. Yeah, I think he'll be a big player for them this season because um, I think that's where one of their weaknesses, um, North, has been in central midfield. You know, that's depending on Scott Buggle and Luke Mullett to do an awful lot of work and when one of them's not missing, well, you know, they do tend to struggle. So I think another body, classy body in there who's prepared to really work hard and put his foot in will make a, a yeah, key Scott's, difference. Um, Scott played the first sort of 55 minutes on Saturday. He, he played, as you'd expect, first half. He, he had his, his influential first half. He obviously started tiring because he hasn't been playing that often recently. So he, I think it was pretty much a, a preset thing that they're going to take him off after about an hour. I think he came off after 55 minutes and that's um, when the youngsters started coming on for North. But um, yeah, so that, that midfield three, if they have um, Scott, uh, Luke Mollett and Kieran Marm playing. There's a lot of experience and quality there for sure. Elsewhere, Rangers uh, ended up 4-1 winners over Alderney. Alderney's first game of the season, you, Rob, yeah. you were there. Yeah, you wouldn't have predicted that result before, would you? 4-1. Um, I think a lot of people would have had a nil-nil or 1-1 on that one. Uh, you know, um, the two sides of the bottom of the league last season. And... Um, Alderney looked thoroughly cheesed off when they trudged off at the end. But as I tweeted to them later, um, don't be too despondent, lads, because I thought you played pretty well first half. Uh, they were the better team first half, marginally, worked very, very hard. Um, and they were hit by some really, really good, good Rangers goals. The first one, um, it was a really good move from Alderney at a corner, playing down the hill in front of the clubhouse. Josh Cancanon moved the ball, hit the ball crisply to um, Marion State, caught all the Rangers um, on the hop, 
he got his shot in, it rebounded clear, and the ball was hooked really long, and young Stefan Timms showed real quality and real pace to latch onto this thing and force a half save out of the keeper, and Sam Heathcote um, pounced on the loose ball and put them ahead. And then um, in the second half, well, you know, saw three outstand two outstanding goals from um young Brad Foss the first one from one of the closest the dog out it must have been 35 yards if not more and he just lashed this thing on the volley which and it flew into the net one bounce <laughs> James Taylor in the Alderney goal didn't know what the hell had hit him to be honest and um and in the last few minutes so um, Rangers won a free kick just outside the box and Brad Foss basically ignored the four-man wall, just curled it over the top, into the top corner. It was something that Ross Island would have been very, very proud of. It was a fantastic finish. And I was glad to see Tim's got his goal as well because he is a really underrated player. He is electric. He really is very fast. And when he does things instinctively, he is very, very handy. I'm not so sure he's um, so accomplished player when he has to think about things, but really when it's instinctive, his pace and his sharpness really does cause a lot of problems. Rangers were well set up. Uh, fair play to them. Um, and I think, you know, if anybody's been looking at the early season results and thinking, oh, Rangers are going to be a write-off this season, well, I think they proved people wrong on Saturday. Fair play to them. And ordinary, I hear, uh, um, are going to be strengthened from time to time this season by a number of players coming to them from, from the UK. Um and if that's the case, you know, I think they'll um, they'll be OK. They'll be OK too. Yeah, good stuff. And the other two matches were on Friday night. Bell's 4-1 winners over Rex and Martins um, beat Manza 4-2. Um, you were at the Bell's? I was. And um, the focus there for me was um, the two goalkeepers because um, Velrek gave a debut to their former Weymouth keeper, Christian Paval. And um, at the other end was Tom Brulee, who's in the last nine months or so, has really established himself as a pretty um, accomplished goalkeeper. Hasn't put a foot wrong, very good in the air, good distribution, brave, good shot maker. Paval looked very, very handy as well. Uh, he's a big lad, all left left hand throw, left footed, um, dominant, and he must have when he went round shaking everybody's hands at the end of the game, he must have thought, what have I let myself do? <laughs> <laughs> because, unfortunately, Vale, after a few encouraging performances at the start of the season and where they played some night football, were a defensive nightmare on Friday night. They really were. Um, oh, <laughs> there's so many holes in the defence, it was untrue. Um, I know they were missing a few players, um, but no, they didn't hurt Bells really uh, at all. They, Bells, fair fair play to them. Um, there's been a change at Bells. In, you know, we look at Bells now compared to the, this time last season when um, they were very very open. They didn't have a lot of tactical now. I think last season as a team they just basically went out there and thought we'll score more goals in the opposition. Now there's something that's happened. They they're moving up and down the pitch as a team. They're very solid defensively and. Um, you know, they were pretty good in that respect. They don't go charging around all over the place. Too many of their... In fact, they're pretty old side anyway, so they, you know, they have to save a bit of energy. But, um, no, I think they played a good tactical game. And, um, I, you know, 
they brought Dane Morris on the last 25 minutes or so. Um, I think he's probably made an influence um, behind the scenes. And uh, certainly shouts a lot. Got himself a booking. <laughs> there was a lot of shouting going on on Friday night, which amused myself. And, um, and again, on Saturday afternoon, there was an awful lot of shouting going on there as well. Um, sometimes I do wonder about some of these players. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's two from two for Bells, and it is uh, for Saints as well. Uh, Callum Lasher got a hat-trick, didn't he, on Friday night uh, after Louis Hunter had scored. It, it, I'm sure Louis Hunter, we were joking before, disappointed not to see you in the crowd. Yeah, too. I wondered <laughs> if he raced towards halfway, to sit, looking my way. Um, no, I'm, listen, on a serious note, good to see Callum Lasher actually firing on all cylinders and getting those three goals. Um, he seems to have come alive again this season and looks very, very sharp. Um, he got it, given a GSC debut, I think, when he was 16 and went away for a midweek game and what have you. And when he was really firing a lot of goals for St Martins under 18s. Um, but I think then he went, sort of went off for a little bit, um, wasn't quite the player he was. Um, but this year he seems to have shed a few pounds, looks sharp, works hard, does the business for, for Saints at the moment. It's a fair play to him. Uh, yeah, I actually caught up with um, John Peace. He popped down to St Peter's on Saturday, um, and I just sort of had just a quick word with him about how the, the night before had gone, and he and Saints were really impressed with how they played first half. Um, he's it was four two at half time, and he, he was said, "Well, we gifted Manza their two goals." Uh, really pleased how they played first half, and by all accounts, Manza were far better side in the second half, and North could um, Saints could have chucked away a couple of points there, but they managed to hold on. Um, John Peace did, he came out with the proper old cliche. It was the real game of two halves, that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so a couple of weeks into the season then, uh, I suppose probably too early to say uh, too much about how the sides are shaping up. Yeah, Would you well, like to, to put your neck out, Rob? And, uh... Well, I think, you know, we've heard, um, you'll hear from Mark Letitia in this programme um, today talking about the GFC future, and it, it does look pretty... Um, uh, negative on that. I, you know, I think if I were a betting man, I can't see GFC really happening now, which is a great shame. And so all those players will be coming back into domestic football. And whilst we know some of them are already tied up to Manza, um, it'd be interesting to see where some of these um, other players may well end up playing. Will Ross Allen have an influence yet on the Prio League title chase? You never know because. Be a great shame if you know um, if Ross. Um, well, I think it would be really bad for him to be honest if he missed out on another season of football. Um, I could understand his reasons last year for not playing, but if there's no GFC this year, I think surely he'd want to um, to, to, to I play. I saw Press last week playing golf with his dad, so he might be <laughs> trying to get his handicap down now. Yeah. <laughs> no, but anyway, I think um, you know there may well be a few um, transfers and whatever you and. So I think it's a long way to go. Well, Rob, you mentioned Mark Letizia there. Next up, we're going to hear from him on the current situation at Guernsey FC. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Football Show. Thanks very much for listening. If you're not already, do follow or subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts to get every episode uh, delivered to you each Monday. And don't forget to follow us on social media too, on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, at GSY Press Sport is the place to go. Uh, Now, let's hear from Mark Letissier, Guernsey FC's chairman. 
yeah, so much uncertainty, a bit of an emotional roller coaster over the course of the summer, Rob, as to exactly what will happen with Guernsey FC. As you were saying before, I think uh, a couple of weeks ago there was a bit of hope, um, but it, it seems like things are, yeah, things are getting a bit more pressing. Yeah, it would sound, would seem that there's going to have to be a, a really major um, change in the government restrictions, allowances, shall we say, for for it to happen. Um, Having heard Mark speak today, I think um, I know what my my thoughts are now. I, don't, I can't see it happening. Um, it would be a great, great shame because, as I wrote the other day, um, I think we, you know, we need Guernsey FC more than we imagine. Really, you know, we need we need something there to actually raise standards above the the run of the mills. The Premier League's all very, very, very well. It's very competitive, and it's been great to see. Um, some good numbers of crowds in the last couple of years. Um, well, GFC's been sort of sidelined. But, as I say, um, it adds a little bit extra to the local game and um, and people um, are better players for it. Well, let's hear that interview with Mark Letizia then. Um, the Guernsey FC chairman, Rob and I, caught up with him just before. Mark, great to see you. Thanks very much for coming in. No problem, Tony. Uh, I suppose, first of all, just give us the very latest then on, uh, on the Guernsey FC situation. So the, the uh, situation at the moment is that uh, our league has uh, very kindly allowed us to cancel all of our games uh, for September. And so until uh, the uh, rules change about who can come into the island and what vaccinations uh, that they've got to have, then uh, we're not going to be able to play uh, any games at all. So the next thing that will happen is... Uh, Probably in the next 10 days, um, we will, if nothing's changed um, with regards to unvaccinated players coming, being able to come into the island, then we'll have to request for our October fixtures to also be cancelled. And the indications are that the league may well allow us to do that, but after October, that will be it. We wouldn't be able to extend it any further. So in terms of playing catch-up, if you um, yeah, can start by November, then this, it's feasible? It, it's doable, uh, but... Is it desirable? Well, we just want to get back playing. You know, whether we're going to be... We would be competitive, uh, that's another matter. When you, th- you consider normally any, any season, when we start our season, we're already nine games behind most clubs because that's how many pre-season games that they would have played, whereas we don't have a pre-season schedule like that so if you take that into effect uh, and they would probably already played maybe 10 or 12 games by the end of October um, and taking effect that we hadn't played for 18 months so you can see how far behind that we are likely to be and if it comes down to it and we do play in November for the rest of the season we'll be playing Saturday midweek Saturday midweek all season right to the end of April and the fact that there'll be so many mid midweek games will be hurtful and damaging to us anyway, won't it? Because historic, historically, yeah. playing wise, it's always been a struggle to get teams midweek. Yeah, it, that has done, and of course, if there's even more, then uh, that's going to be even more a struggle. Uh, but you know, we've always uh, managed to to compete, and we've always managed to to get the games played. Uh, what it will mean is more teams having to come here midweek as well. And, of course, midweek games for us financially are uh, a burden because of uh, the overnight stays that we have to pay for. So, uh, you know, it, it, it will be... Um, it, 
it'll be tough. It will be tough. Uh, we don't know yet really what the strength of the league is like, whereas in the league we were in last season and the seasons before, we knew all the, the teams and we, we, we had a good idea who was going to be strong and who wasn't. And um, But in this league, we don't. So uh, we just have to uh, to wait and see, really. And in terms of the bigger picture, what's at stake here? Is it just another lost season or, or is there something more treacherous in the situation? No, I think the uh, the desire is still there at the end of the day. Um, the, the, the club and the board uh, and I know the coaches and um, they report and back to us that the uh, there is still the willingness of the players and the numbers that they've been getting for training um, bears that out that, you know, there is still that that desire to play at that level. So uh, I don't think it would be at the end of the club and um, I think we will uh, still be able to carry on. But we may well have to carry on in a different way. Um, in a different way? What exactly do you mean, Mark? Well, uh, we may have to do things very differently. Uh, we don't know what it's going to look like at this time, but obviously you know, we, 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 we're doing all sorts of planning uh, at board level at the moment, looking at different uh, options and different scenarios of what could happen. And, uh, but we haven't completed that work yet. But, uh, you know, we are mindful um, of what might happen this season or might not happen this season and, uh, and what impact that will have. Are you talking about possibly playing in something which is not English FA related? No, we haven't uh, discussed that at all, really. Um, we, it's, it, it's really how are we going to uh, keep the interest from the supporters um, and continue to keep that interest from the players. We would have been... Uh, two and a half years in between playing um, and it's the players that are coming through that have missed that, that development time and they would have then be, after two and a half years, you would expect them to be pushing into into a first team place whereas they're going to be behind. So therefore, they may not be normally pushing for a first team place but we may find that they will have to um, be pushing for a first team place because we may not have um, the more experienced players around to, to see them through so uh, we, we just have to wait and see uh, how it all uh, works out we, we've been very fortunate with um, our sponsors and we've been very fortunate with our supporters the season tickets um, sales uh, were very strong for this season so um, that, that's given us a lot of confidence that there's still that interest uh, from supporters. But how long do you think, seriously, you could go without playing on a regular basis? Oh, that's a, that's a tough it, one. I that mean, this, this one. may well be another season gone, may well be. May well be, yeah. And yeah. Um, if it were to have a second season, it's starting, it's a long time. Then, it isn't is, it? you know, two, two, 18 months is long enough two and a half years is a massive amount of time but after that who knows you know we it's something that we've never had to encounter before you know uh, I think we've done well to get on for 10 years yeah, yeah. you know I don't know where that time's gone uh, but when we we talk about some of the experiences that we've had in that 10 years every time you know we get together and, and we uh, over a drink and we uh, and we think about some of the things that we've done, the experiences that we've had, um, you know, we've done a lot in 10 years. It's been fantastic. 
And obviously last season you managed to create a couple of special occasions. There was the Isle of Man games. Um, there was the, the originals against the newcomers match as well. If the league season doesn't go ahead, will there be opportunities to, to, to at least fill the gap with some sort of event? So the Isle of Man games, again, should go ahead next summer um, if uh, travel restrictions allow. But that, that And those are already planned, so those, those will go ahead. The, 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 not the problem, but the thing is about playing games for GFC um, when we're not playing in the league uh, is that all of the players, of course, they, they'll, they'll still be playing on a regular basis back in their Prio teams for, their, for, for other clubs. So if we were to try and have a game, even if restrictions ease later on and we want to bring a team over, our players um, are already playing for, a, for their Prio club. So what are they going to do for that one game? They've got a Prio game on the same day that we've got a team visiting. You know, it, it's just not practical. Can you give us an idea about what the feeling is amongst the Isthmian League and and the clubs towards you at the moment. I mean, I know you had a meeting, a Zoom meeting more than a month ago and it's and there seemed to be some understanding, level of understanding from the from your opposition, but how, how, you know, when push comes to shove, when it comes to a decision, I mean, they're going to want to be bringing their best, their, all their players here, aren't they? Absolutely, which is why the league won't make them do that. They won't make them just come with double vaccinated players. Um, the, the clubs have been extremely supportive. We've had some really uh, nice feedback uh, from a lot of the clubs. You know, one of our directors, Nigel Braybrook, who, you know, lives in the UK, so he travels to uh, a lot of the grounds, uh, that, especially that we would be going to this season as we've changed league. And, and he says to me that everybody knows uh, when their fixture against Guernsey is. They don't know what their fixture is next week, but they know when they're playing Guernsey. So, you know, there is still a very uh, strong interest um, from, from clubs uh, to come here. Uh, and when we go there, again, it's a, it's, for them, it's a new experience. It's a, uh, a new club they wouldn't have played against uh, before. And, you know, they're no different to, to us. You, those are the sort of things that we want. We want to go and play at new, uh, new grounds and meet new people. Uh, and those, those people are no different. They're all football people, the same as we are. Yeah. Finally, then, can you clarify exactly what you think it will require for the season to go ahead? OK, so uh, for us, for teams to uh, come here, uh, then they will need to be able to bring unvaccinated people in uh, and then go back out again in the same day. Unvaccinated? Unvaccinated. So a lot of the players that play at our level have not been vaccinated. Right. So um, the, the rules would need to change so that unvaccinated players would be allowed to come into the island. You were very hopeful, hopeful of that happening. Because <laughs> I, I, I think we probably... I think we're all realistic to know that um, that's probably not going to happen for some time. Uh, although you, you never know, uh, you know things are changing um, slowly. I think, and um, you know we can only uh, we can only hope at this stage. Uh, and what would be the situation for us playing away? So the difficulty uh, with us going and playing away is, of course, if uh, our players, even though they may. Uh, all be double vaccinated if one of them were to come back and test positive um, then it's uncertain whether all of the squad then would need to isolate because they've been in close contact okay so if that happened 
once and they had to isolate and we've got a game in midweek or the following week. You're stymied. <laughs> most of our squad are, yeah, in, are in isolation. When was um, the last time you played, Mark? Me, me, me personally. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because under those circumstances, I think all three of us might be playing. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that you know, that's a real difficulty. It, not only about that, but around the players' employment. You know, if they if they go off and come back, and then they have to go and tell the boss, look, I've got to isolate. Maybe I've got to work from home, or I can't come to work. You know, how long are the um, um, those bosses going to say, yeah, carry on doing it? It's totally unrealistic, really, isn't it? Yeah. Mark Letissier there speaking to Rob and I just before. Fingers crossed then that something changes in the pretty near future to allow Guernsey FC to happen. But as Rob uh, was saying before, yeah, things don't sound uh, hugely hopeful at the moment. Um, right, looking ahead to this weekend then, three games uh, on the cards. Uh, Bells host Alderney in the Prio uh, with Rec taking on North. And there's one tie in the Jeremy Cup as well, Rovers against Manza. Uh, guys, anything else to keep an eye on? No, it's interesting to see that the actual um, Ramescroft Youth Leagues are up and running now. Um, We'll be um, sending our photographers along to a couple of under-16 games this week and I'll be keen to go along and see um, what the best new talent around is. Um, I was just going to say uh, just a quick congratulations to the, the Rovers, whatever they are, under-12 side or something, who won the John Breo uh, trophy last weekend, which did involve uh, my nephew in goal, so uh, i better <laughs> say well done to him. Um, <laughs> oh, I could say, you know, there were um, two... two um, Age group festivals on Sunday, which were very well attended. There was under-15 tournament at Northfield, which Sylvans um, dominated. And a chap called Jack Griffin apparently scored goal after goal after goal. And um, so the Westerners lifted the, the trophy there. And out west at St Peter's, the John Breo tournament, it was Rovers who came out on top. And I side um, coached by Craig Young, I believe. Um, certainly one of his nippers plays in that one because he plays alongside my nephew in that team and um, so I think Craig is involved with that with a few other guys, yeah. Ah, good stuff, good to see things getting back up and running and in, in full swing. Yeah. Fantastic, well we'll leave it there. Uh, have a great week guys and we'll see you for the Sport Podcast on Thursday and another football show next Monday. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.